Okay, okay. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the One Before I Die podcast, episode 131 on tap. It is April 12th, as you guys are listening to this. And um, we're back. We're back for another one here. Um, the weather's starting to finally turn a little bit up here in Rochester, New York, which is a great sign to see. Able to play a little bit of golf and finally seeing the sun again for the first time in what it feels like a million years every spring is always good so the vibes are a little bit up this episode ethan over in chicago hopefully you're doing okay over there i know the parents were visiting this past weekend so how you doing over there good weather's kind of turning here a little bit too so that's always it's always a good sign seeing the sun a little bit later in the day not have to get bundled up kind of ready for the snow to be on so yeah doing well yeah. So anyway, uh, this episode, um, you know, not too much happened this past week, not too much of a jam packed episode, but nonetheless, we will be back talking about a few things. Uh, the biggest news out of the bills camp this past week was probably Stefan Diggs signing a, what was it? A $4 million or sorry, four year extension worth up to, I don't know, $70 million. I believe it was upwards $70 million. I don't know. Either way he got paid and basically, you know, he's, he's back with the Bills and, and he's talked about wanting to retire in Buffalo now. So that was the big news out of the Bills camp. Um, I know that there was some rumblings about Jordan Poyer signing a new agent and maybe he's a little bit upset about other people getting their extensions and money. But, you know, we digress. Probably won't talk about that as much. Uh, the Diggs news was the biggest news there. Uh, and then in terms of the Sabres camp, um, I don't know why I'm talking uh, about the Bills and Sabres like Bills camp, Sabres camp, but <laughs> uh, in terms of the Sabres, uh, you know, they, they, you know, we've been pumping their tires a lot in the past few weeks and rightfully so, but they've kind of struggled the past couple of games and we'll talk about that. But I think the biggest news with the Buffalo Sabres is that Owen Power, he officially signed with the team, you know, Michigan lost in the semifinals to Denver. Uh, who ended up going on to win the NCAA championship for uh, Division One hockey. Um, kind of a shocker that Michigan lost. You know, I think we talked about it maybe last week or the week before about how stacked their team was, but, you know, they did lose. So that means Owen Power lost and Portillo lost, the goalie as well, who are both, both Sabres prospects. Owen Power ended up signing as he was going to, as expected. And then Portillo, on the other hand, is deciding to go back to Michigan for his senior year. So that's a little bit dicey. Speaking of goalies, Northeastern goalie Devin Levi also returning to school. He's not signing with the Sabres. So we talked about this either last week or the week before about those two goalies and, you know, wanting to at least sign one of them. Looks like the Sabres aren't going to be able to sign either of them uh, right now at least. So we'll talk about that and what that means for the future as well. Um, and then, yeah, I think that's about it. But uh, maybe do a little bit of a guess the Buffalo sports figure at the end. But nonetheless, let's get it going here. And I think we'll probably hop right in here with the, the Stefan Diggs news. So as I said, Diggs signed, extended four years and, you know, probably going to retire Buffalo Bill, which is pretty cool. I think this is something that was uh, in the pipeline for a little bit. I know there was a lot of questions about it with Bills fans. You know, a lot of uh, signings were made with the Bills, a lot of extensions, um, you know, wide receivers around the league getting paid, Devontae Adams. Uh, who was the big one down in Jacksonville, Christian Kirk, like a, a bunch of these wide receivers were getting their bag and they were kind of setting the market for the wide receivers. And a lot of Bills fans were questioning if Stefan Diggs was going to get paid and when he was going to get his extension to keep him in Buffalo. Well, he certainly did. And, um, you know, he's going to be a bill for a long time. And, and, and I like this and I, and, you know, I'm not, you know, a huge salary cap guy and I don't really like to, I don't really understand it too well. And um, I don't like to focus on that when I'm talking about these signings, but I mean, you got to have Diggs on this team. You know, Allen and Diggs are a one-two punch, and 
you know, ever since Diggs came here is when the offense really took off. Allen really connected with him. Um, I mean, this is all obvious stuff that I don't really have to say here. Diggs has been one of our best players, and I don't see how you can be wrong and, and mad about this signing. Um, it's, it's, it's money well-deserved, and I'm glad to see him here in Buffalo for another four years after his contract's up. So, you know, hat tip to Brandon Bean. Um, I got really nothing bad to say about this. He's one of my favorite players on the team, and I love to see that he's going to be around for a long time. And I love to hear that he was, you know, saying he wanted to retire as a Buffalo Bill. That always gets the sentimental juices flowing for Buffalo fans when, you know, guys say they want to retire as a Buffalo player. So, you know, that hit home a little bit as well. But um, that's kind of my take on it. I don't, I don't know if you have any, you know, other angles on it, but um, it's big news. It's good for the Bills, I think, and I'm excited to see him here for another four years. Yeah, I mean, first off, I got to address the fact that I'm actually that we... buzzing right now, by the way. That was a nice little <laughs> opening monologue there. Let's go. <laughs> I got to address the fact that it seems like every episode nowadays we say we're not salary cap guys, and then we just all end up breaking down some salary cap numbers. So, <laughs> Well, I just we... like to – I mean, I'm, I, I at least have to say the number, right? I don't know. I, I never really like to deep dive. Yeah, no, I'm just thinking more. if we got some new listeners from the built-in Buffalo crowd and they're – you know, we started off our first built in Buffalo episode by saying we're not X's and O's and salary cap guys. And I think we've talked salary cap every episode since we said <laughs> that. So it's true. When we say that, we're probably mean we're just not experts in the salary cap. Cause I think that was my first, that's my first thought that came into my head when we signed Stefan Diggs. Obviously, super excited. But I was just amazed by the fact that we signed another big free agent or i guess well, he wasn't a free agent well, we just signed another big contract yeah, but well, then that uh, you look into it we you end up he's actually end up going to get like a lower cap hit this year because of the restructuring and whatnot well so that's exactly like, why like at least i'm not a salary cap guy in terms of like the details is because it, it just doesn't exist like like you said like you were surprised you know we paid another guy it's like how does this work? How are we paying him? How is it a lower cap? Like all of this stuff that just doesn't make sense. It's like the salary cap doesn't exist. If you're a GM and you know what you're doing, I feel like you can work around it in so many ways. That's just so pointless to like talk about the long-term, you know, effects of it or, or any of that. Sometimes it's like, it just, it just doesn't make sense half the time. And you can work around it so many ways. So like you said, you're like, how do we pay another guy? It's like, yeah, I don't know either. I'm just glad he's here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And talking about glad he's here. I, I think you hit on all the notes, right? Stefan Diggs definitely took off as soon as he came to Buffalo, elevated the offense, added another playmaker, became Josh's go-to guy. So there's just no there's no option for Brandon Bean other than to re-sign him. Looks like he's here until 2027. As you said, he's already saying he wants to retire Buffalo or Buffalo Bill. Uh, so that's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, he's if you think like face of the franchise, I think right now, you know, it's Josh Allen, and then right after that, it's Stefan Diggs. So it's just awesome to see them get the deal done. It's awesome to see him excited about it. It's, it's awesome to sign guys and then them be excited to be a Buffalo Bill. And you can tell that, yeah, obviously they want to get paid, but these guys just aren't in it for the paycheck too. They're glad to be back on this team. They understand what they, the opportunity they have in front of them with these, this group of guys here. Um, you see Von Miller getting into the action on Twitter with Stefan Diggs saying like, you know, excited that signing his contract and whatnot. So the juices are already flowing, and it's not even the NFL draft yet. This is going to be a massive, massive season for the Buffalo Bills. But, yeah, I mean, I don't really have too much to dig into it. Just glad we got Diggs signed, and we're on to the next. Um, I know that, like, we've been kind of lacking in Bills content here, but I think it's going to pick up even a little bit more when we got the draft in a couple of weeks. So that's going to be awesome. 
the only other thing I'll say about it is how about I don't know if you see you've seen this this past week when the the signing went went down, but how about like Minnesota Vikings fans? And I don't know if some of them are trolling or they're being serious or whatnot, and they're seeing that you know Diggs got this huge payday, like from the clouds, being like th- like thanks for uh, Jefferson, you know, like they're trying to make it seem like we screwed up by paying him this much, and it's like I don't understand where you guys are coming from. Look at the you know records and where we've been the past couple of years since Diggs has come to the team. Look at your team. I, yeah. I don't see any other argument. It makes no I sense. Don't, I, I don't really care about the Vikings fans or whatever. Like, sure, Jefferson Jefferson worked out for them. Stefan Diggs worked out for us. I don't think either side got fleeced in the situation. And, you're, I mean, like, look what, what happened when we got Diggs. So, I think whatever they're going to say, it's just, you know, let, let them have their little – party or whatever about Justin Jefferson yeah. but no I, I agree it's just I, like I said I don't know if some of them were even joking or whatever but it's like I don't know how if you're being serious are gonna act like this was a bad move by the Bills considering since he's come the Bills have been one of the most electric offenses in the league um, but anyway we'll move on from that and I think uh, yeah like you said lacking a little bit of Bills content but I mean we just you know we go with the flow we take it as it comes and there's not much else going on right now I'm not gonna force anything here that that's the other thing I feel like you know, I, I love the Bills, obviously. And I love D- Diggs and Allen and everything. But I feel like half the time this past week, scrolling down my timeline on Twitter, it's like every other tweet, something about Allen and Diggs being best friends. And it's like almost like an overload. It's like, all right, like, clearly we have nothing else to talk about. Let's just move on here, folks. Uh, so we will do that. We'll go on to the Sabres here. Um, and I think we'll start with, I don't know, do you want to start with the kind of the prospects or do you want to start with the way they've been playing the past couple of days, the past week? Start with the, let's start with the the prospects and the signings, then we can dig into the games. Um, so I think let's, let's start with news first. Yeah, let's start with the goalies. I, I think I have I have some, I think, things that I want to say about these guys. So, obviously, Devin Levi and Eric Portillo both announced that they will be returning to their respective colleges uh, next season. I think it's a bigger, bigger news for Eric Portillo as the Sabres only have him locked down for, I believe, one more year. Lockdown, meaning they have his rights for one more year before he comes a free agent. Uh, Levi, they have him for two. I believe uh, – I'm guessing that means Levi's a year younger. Um, yeah, he is. Portillo's going to be a senior. Right. So, basically, if is if the Sabres don't sign Portillo by next summer, I think he's a free agent going into the year. Is that right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm not as concerned about Devin Levi because I think Devin Levi's already come out and said that he wants to be a part of the Sabres. Like he's done interviews. He said he's going to sign in Buffalo. He just wants to have another year in college, which is fine. I think, you know, go get another year, play with, play with his buddies. He wants to play with Northeastern his his buddies at Northeastern and give it one more go. Which also, okay by the that. way, which also, by the way, he just won the best goalie award of college hockey this year, but didn't win the Hobie Baker, which was also awarded to another goalie, which just doesn't make any sense. Like I'm not mad about it, but like, just think about how, that's like if it's backwards logic. That's like if like a goalie it like won the Vesna, and then a different goalie won the Hart. Right, it just doesn't make sense. But anyway, I digress. All right, like who cares? Um, and then, so yeah, Devin Levi. I'm not scared of, about him signing with the Sabers. He he said, like I said, publicly already came out and said he wants to be a part of the organization. Eric Potillo, on the other hand, I think I would be less surprised if we end up losing him. Um, I I think what he's seeing is the crowded situation or not crowded. I guess the, the amount of competition that there is going to be 
at the goaltending position with all of the young talent that we have in. Basically, he's going to have to beat out Levi, who just, like you said, won the best goalie in college hockey. Uh, Lukanen, who's already got a couple years on them of experience, has you know been hurt this year, but I mean he's shown flashes with the Sabers that he could be a very good goalie. Obviously, still young. Uh, it's probably going to be UPL's job to lose going into next year, assuming that we're probably also going to sign a veteran, whether that be Anderson or not, to you know split time with him. But UPL is looking like he's going to be on the team next year, and then you're also going to have to beat out a veteran, whoever that may be probably at the time as well. So it's like you have, you have three goalies that you're going to have to be better than. So you, so think, think, he's, you think he's looking at it that way? I wouldn't be surprised. I just, I don't think, I think he maybe thinks that he's not as good as Devin Levi uh, and that Lukanen's already got more experience than him and he's going to be coming in as kind of like that third guy off the bat. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, that could be, he could be thinking that way. I don't know. It's an interesting take. Um, I, I this is just I, my opinion. I haven't read anything, by the way. Like that's yeah, just yeah. my take on it. Yeah, I, I haven't really thought about. I guess anything from his perspective. From my perspective as a fan, it just like when I saw it, just kind of sucks, right? It's like it. It just reminds you of when Cal Peterson. We drafted him, who I believe is in the Kings organization now as a goalie, um, and he did the same thing. He, you know, he. I don't know if he was a. He must have been a college player. Went back to college for yeah. a few years. We didn't end up signing him, and you know, we lost him. And I think he's actually a pretty solid goalie in the league. I'm. I'm not. You know can be act like I know what's going on with Cal Peterson too much, but it's just the same situation is basically what I'm saying here. And so to see that, like, I, I agree. I'm not too concerned about Levi. I still would have liked to sign him. Like we talked about this two weeks ago, like selfishly as a Sabres fan, I would have liked to have him in the organization playing for the Amherst. Same, you know, thing with Portillo. I would like to have him um, definitely more concerned about Portillo and seeing him walk. And maybe he is seeing the competition, seeing a lot of goalies in the room and he's, you know, looking to go elsewhere. Maybe it's a different reason regardless of what the reason is, it just sucks. It just sucks as a, for the Sabres and as a fan. Like, you want to have these guys signed on, um, especially these high prospects, especially when we've been, like, needing a goalie for the past couple of years, and you finally have a couple guys that maybe you throw out there and one of them sticks. Like, the, I think we talked about a couple of weeks ago is, like, you know, you got to, like, just get as many prospects as you can as, and then hopefully a few of them stick and, and, and hang on long term. So, yeah, I mean, it just seeing that news was rattling. It wasn't good. It wasn't great. And, um, I mean, I'm still hopeful that maybe we can sign him after next year. Maybe he, you know, sees something different. You know, it's going to be a whole other year from now that we'll have this conversation again. So, like, maybe something goes down this next year where, you know, he flips the switch and he wants to sign with the Sabres. Like, it's not over yet. It's just definitely more concerning now than, it, you know, it was if we signed him this year because now he obviously only has the one year left, like Ethan said. Um, in terms of Levi, I agree with you. I'm not as concerned, but again, you know, who who knows what's going to happen this next year? And, and next year, maybe he goes back to Northeastern again. And then we're in a whole same situation that we're having with Portillo. So it's like the fact of the matter is like none of them are signed. That that's just the facts of the of the situation. It's like yeah, we're, we're less concerned with Levi, but. I'd like to have some of these guys locked down so we, you know, have a little bit of a future in, in the in the goaltending position. Um, but I guess we'll see what happens with all that. And um, uh, I guess we'll move on to Owen Power, who who ended up signing with the Sabres, and that was kind of the obvious one that was going to happen. Uh, Owen Power, obviously the first overall draft pick of the draft last year, um, played for Michigan. Like I said, they lost, so now signed them. Um, and he will be making his de debut tonight, actually, as you guys are listening to this, I believe, in Toronto, where he's from. Um, we play the Maple Leafs. And, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, 
I don't know what like what other things I really have to say. I'm, I'm excited to see him play. I'm excited to get him involved, get him, you know, working with the guys, getting some chemistry going and um, just, you know, give him as much reps as you can the past, uh, you know, or sorry, the next, whatever it is, 15, 16 games that we have left in the season here and just get him acclimated into the NHL. So um, you knew it was going to happen. It was expected that he was going to sign. I think Elliot Friedman, a bunch of guys, like you were saying last week, said that he was going to sign and end up playing for the Sabres this year. That's exactly what happened. Practice with them. He's getting involved and ready to see him play, I guess. Hopefully you can take that next step and kind of, you know, doesn't take him too long to progress and, and become a player that maybe he can be. I haven't seen him play a lot. I don't really know really what's going on. I, I've just based everything off of what people are saying about him. Obviously, he's the number one pick. People are, uh, you know, hyping him up. I haven't seen him play. We'll see what happens. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, I think it's pretty cool that he gets to open in Toronto, uh, where, he's, you know, where he grew up. That's pretty cool. Um, it's going to be a ton of pressure on the guy. <clears throat> I saw today that he's skating with Yoki Haru. Interesting pair to start his career with. We'll see how that pans out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of hype for this guy coming in. You know, he, he's already pan, or like penciled in to be a pillar of this franchise. Uh, and so it's, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I'm trying to, uh, tamper my expectations because, you know, obviously I think I've been a little unfair to Darlene and this seems like it's, you know, <laughs> setting up to be another recipe for disaster for me overreacting, uh, up front. He's only what, 19 years old, something like that. Yeah. Pro- I mean, he's like what college junior, senior. Yeah. Yeah. So we all know that, you know, defensemen coming in, take a little bit longer than forwards. But, yeah, it's exciting to see him play. I mean, this is this is exactly what Sabres fans were looking for going into this spring, open to see Owen Power play before the summer starts. And it's going to be great for him to play in games that don't really matter. It's not like he's coming into a team that's fighting for a playoff spot at this point, um, as much as we hope that they would be. Mm-hmm. But the real – the you know, the situation is, is that these games don't matter as far as points or standings go. So he's going to get some experience and kind of – I guess less of a big stage and then I'll be able to come in next year with already some NHL games and be ready to go. So, yeah, I think that I, now that you bring it up, I think the big thing is expectations. And I think, I guess that's my one, uh, you know, thing to Sabres fans listening out there, maybe I guess is, you know, give it time. Like Ethan said, like defenseman coming to the league, unless your name's Cal McCarr, because I think he was one guy who came in, in literally like during the playoffs for Colorado and was just like a stud automatically. Um, it doesn't happen a lot. And like, we've seen it with Darlene, you got to be patient. And I think like the biggest thing for Sabres fans is just like lower your expectations. This guy's probably like, I can tell you right now, you're listening to this and then tonight you're going to watch this game. This guy's probably going to look a little shaky tonight. He's going to look like he's a 19 year old kid who just played college hockey. And I was playing in the NHL. Like that's a huge step. And, um, and of course you want him to eventually be a pillar, a top four, a top one, you know, D man in this league. That's why we drafted him number one overall. That's what everybody's saying his potential is. Of course, that you want that to happen, and you want to happen as soon as possible. But just be patient. Um, let him get his experience. You know, if he has a bad shift here and there, like I can already just like, I can already just like see watching the game with dad or something, and he makes like a couple bad plays or has like a bad game. Yeah. Like, all it. You know, what I mean, I'm almost like I'm speaking to Sabres fans. I'm almost kind of speaking to dad here. Like he very jumps to conclusions early, um, and it's like it pisses me off sometimes. So it's like just realize the situation. He's a young kid a lot to learn like the, like this stuff takes time um 
I don't know. That, that's all I got to say about that, I guess. I'm, I'm excited. And like you said, like he's supposed to be this pillar for a long term in the, in the Sabres organization and for this team. And that's what's exciting about it is we get to finally, you know, physically see him play, regardless if he's a stud out the gate or he struggles a little bit. He's going to be on the team wearing the sweater and he's going to be involved. So that's very exciting. But just be patient. And another thing, another thing to keep in mind, out. another thing to keep in mind too is we've already talked about this for a couple episodes now, how the right side of the Sabres defense is, is very, very weak compared to the left, right? You look at the left, you already got your, your future pretty much set in with Darlene Power and Samuelson. And then on the right side, I mean, you have like Bryson that will slide in there who's a left-handed D, so he's playing on his, his offhand. You got Fitzgerald, I mean, who possibly we're going to get into the games here, but he looked like an absolute mess against the Lightning over the weekend. Yeah. Um, and he's, you know, he's like a 7D on a really good team, you know, fringe fringe NHL guy, really. Uh, and then you got Pissick and Yoki Haru. I mean, Yoki Haru, we've, we've gone back and forth. He's very inconsistent. He's inconsistent. I think on a good team, he's, you know, bottom four for sure. He's not like a top pair guy, and he's playing top pair minutes with Darlene. So I just think – Do you think Power can play can, the right side? Does Power play the right side at all? Or is he strictly a left-side left D-man? No, I, would, I wouldn't put him on, on his offside to, and to break him into the league. Maybe, well, you know, I'm just maybe saying down the down line. The line. But, no, but I'm just saying another reason to temper your expectations here, he's probably not going to be playing – like I think a big task this offseason for Kevin Adams is to really solidify the right side of his D and go get a veteran out there to play with Owen Power. Uh, or yeah. play with Darlene, you know what I mean? Klingberg, so I just, maybe he's a UFA. I just, I just don't see if if things go according to how they should go. If I'm Kevin Adams, Power's going to have a completely different D partner going into next year. So just keep that in mind. Like he's going to be playing probably with not who he's going to be where he should be playing with down the line. So just another another thing to temper your expectations with. Yeah. Uh, speaking of like left hand, right hand, I could I guarantee you I could go through the entire Sabres roster. If you read me off the entire Sabres roster, I could tell you if they're left handed or right handed. Just like if you want to ever want to test that out. Okay. Sick do you brag. think do you think you could do that? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to sign up for it like you, but I think I'd be pretty good at it. I would, like I'm very confident I would be 100. percent So just if okay. you ever want to do that, I'm I'm here. Um, all right. Well, yeah, that's a little bit prospect talk. Levi Portillo not signed. Owen Power's sign. He'll be playing tonight uh, against Toronto, so very exciting stuff. But anyway, let's move on to the actual team this past week. Uh, you know, they're, they have a tough schedule right now. They're kind of going through a gauntlet. You know, no excuses, but um, they've been playing some really good teams, and as I said, you know, they're playing Toronto, so it doesn't slow down, which, by the way, Austin Matthews is going to have, like, 70 goals this year, which is insane. Um, but anyway, this past week, they, I think we talked about the Florida game last week because that was on Sunday when they Wait, lost. Wait, really quick five. though. You know, it's cool not to bring up Eichel, but to bring up Eichel, <laughs> it's cool that we don't have to like defend him against Austin Matthews anymore. When <laughs> yeah, like I saw Austin, a tweet about that. There's a tweet about that. Yeah. Oh, I just I thought it was pretty cool because like I would always be like, oh, Eichel's just as good, but he's clearly not. <laughs> yeah, Matthews is just you know in the heart this year yeah um but anyway as i was saying yeah we talked about the florida game the first florida game that was last sunday because we record monday so we talked about that game at home that they lost three five but since then they uh won against carolina at home four two which was a good game by the sabers but then they lost to carolina away three to five then they lost to florida um the, the panthers in florida uh on friday and then just a bloodbath of a game on sunday against tampa bay 
a five nothing loss. So they're on a three game skid here. Um, and and I guess I I was I said they haven't been playing well lately, which is true. But I guess it was more so just maybe a recency bias of that Tampa game. And I don't know how much of you of it you got to watch, but. If you go back to the beginning of the week, I mean, you play Carolina at home and you win 4-2. Like, that's a very good win against one of the best teams in the NHL, not even just the Eastern Conference, the best team in the NHL. You get a win 4-2. So, I mean, they're, they're, they keep it rolling. But then, you know, you play Carolina in their barn, you lose 3-5. to five. I didn't think they played that bad that game. The Florida game was a little bit frustrating because I think they played terribly in, like, one period. I think it was the second period they played terribly. Only lost 3-4 to four that game, though. Um, but then the Tampa game was just brutal. So it might be going downhill a little bit. I don't know. Um, I don't know what your thoughts yeah. on this were, but th- this Tampa game was a tough one. The one thing I will say, actually, before you chime in here, is that Florida game. I think that game, and, and this is where I think old Darlene crept back into the, into the Sabres lineup. And, and up, I didn't watch the Florida game, so I, I won't have to comment on this. Okay, so I just want to bring up this one kind of portion of it because – you know, I and I tweeted about this, I think, right after the goal was let up at the end of the third period. But I pumped Darlene's tires as much as I can, any chance I get, especially, you know, with you on the other side of this podcast. It feels like a lot of the time, uh, you know, you're, you used to be dragging them down. I know you've come across, you know, on the other side of that take a little bit re- more recently. Um, but any chance I get, I usually pump Darlene's tires. But first of all, in the four games, second period, they played awful. They were able to hang in the game. They got outshot the whole game, blah, blah, blah. But it's 3-3 at the end of the game, and we're, like, hanging in there. We're clearly gassed. We're coming off of a back-to-back against Carolina and now Florida, two of the best teams in the league on the road. So you're already going to be, like, pretty gassed to begin with. So I was, like, cutting them some slack. But in the last 30 seconds of the game, it's tied 3-3. We have a chance to bring it to overtime, get a point, and then, you know, have a chance to win in overtime, maybe go to a shootout. Anything can happen in those later stages of the game. And Darlene comes around the net in our own zone. He has like all the time in the world and he does this like weak little flip wrister up the boards. It, it just, it never had a chance to get out the forward. I think Huberdeau maybe was at the blue line, easily kept it in bang, bang. They score with like 30 seconds left. And it just like, you can't have that. Like you, you, you can't have that. And like, I don't care. I, I said this in my tweet too. I don't care that it was a back to back of a uh, two away games up against the two best teams in the league. A lot of throughout the game, I understand that you're a little bit sluggish because of that. But in the last 30 seconds of a game, there's absolutely no excuse to turn that puck over with all the time he had. And it was just looking like, like watching old Rasmus Dahlin and it like shot me in the heart because that was a, it was a game loser. It wasn't just, okay, yeah. first period, you, know, you turn it over, you can get back into it maybe a little bit. It was literally 30 seconds left, tied three, three, you turn it over, they score that the, the game's essentially over at that point. And when you're contending for a playoff spot, maybe down the line next year, you got to get that point. Maybe we're at the eighth spot, you know, and, and you lose that game. And you don't even get a point out of it. You're out of the playoffs looking on the outside in. And, and so stuff like that, it just drives my gears. Um, you know, kudos to them for staying in the game after a tough back to back. And especially after a terrible second period, like the fact that they were in this game was pretty impressive, but it's like, again, you can't have plays like that and just had to air that out and, and talk about that and, and just know that, you know, when I do see something bad about a player I like, I will call it out too. So there was that one. Um, and then I, I don't know, you were going to chime in about maybe the Tampa game or, or something else, but that, that was just. Yeah, no, I, I mean, going back to Tuesday, like let's start with the good there. I mean, they played awesome against uh, the Hurricanes to, to kick off the week. That was an unbelievable game, especially um, the way that they came back in the third after, you know, they started off great and then they played brutal, right? Like they, the, 
the second period, they were just terrible. And then they came back out in the third and reestablished their game and scored two goals and, and got an awesome victory against, you know, like you were saying, one of the best teams in the league. I think it's the, the bigger story is they blew two three to one leads on Thursday and Friday against those teams. And that's, that was disappointing to see. Cause those are, I thought we were like, you know, getting over the hill a little bit. The Sabres were infamous about not being able to, the, to hold two goal leads this year. I thought we got, you know, past that, like you were saying, the, the pizza by Darlene that I didn't see, um, you know, flashbacks of, of earlier this year. But then again, the thing though, against those games, like I'm, I'm okay with losing close games to those type of teams, but then the, the icing on the cake and on the disappointment was the, the Tampa game on Sunday. And I had to turn that game off. Like I just couldn't finish it because it was just an absolute bloodbath. And, you know, we, we said that a couple of times, I feel like over the last couple of episodes, right, where the Sabres were getting dominated. And we said like these were games that early in the year they would have lost, you know, 5 nothing or 6 nothing, And they were able to battle back and at least make it close or, you know, mm-hmm. a- actually pull it out. That was a game where – it was just domination from start to finish. The Sabres were never in that game. They were just outmatched, outclassed, outskilled, outworked, outhustled to every puck. It was just men versus boys yesterday. And I, that was the most was disappointing the cla- part. Well, it was also the class, and I'm not giving any uh, excuses to the Sabres, but it was also the classic uh, Tampa fighting for better playoff position where they've been struggling lately and they need a win bad against a, you know, a bad team and the Sabres on a like third leg of a, you know, road Brutal stretch, yeah. not even close to the playoffs. And it, again, no excuses, but it was just classic. Like Tampa's like, listen, we're not leaving here without two points. Right. And they just, yeah. I mean, Tampa was really a better team. They just stuck it to us. We had no fight or turning the puck over left and right. And they were like, listen, it, it's, it's over. It's over. And I mean, kudos to them, but yeah, it was just no fight from, from the boys. Yeah. It was, it was a perfect get right spot for the lightning. So it sucked. We were the, we got steamrolled, but like that I was saying, I, I just thought we were over getting steamrolled. So. Exactly. Um, some positive notes, I guess. Or Before I turn to the positive, the last thing I'll say in this like, little stretch here, it seems like, like with the, the blown 3-1 to one leads too, and, and this also relates to the Darlene uh, play that I said, you know, just explain that they lost the game on. It seems like the past couple of games where they blew these 3-1 leads and they lost their games, there was a lot of like it was also at the beginning of the year, this happened a lot where it was a lot of like really bad plays that ended up in goals for the other team, as opposed to like, you know, the other team's going to score sometimes. Sometimes they're going to have really nice plays. They outwork you, you know, they grind it out, they get a nice look and they, and they finish and they take advantage of the opportunity. Hat tip to the other team. A lot of the goals given up this past week were just like the Darlene goal. There was a, there was a goal that I think it was against Carolina that Eakin, Pizza oh, that was middle. brutal. That Pizza was brutal. the middle, and it's like Shneftikov's wide open in the slots. Like, there was a lot of, like, individual plays where it's like you're just giving the other team chances as opposed to, like, making them work for it, which, like, needs to be cleaned up as well. So that was one thing I want to point like out. Like, the B- I don't know if you saw – I mean, not to bring it up, but the, the Bjork play against the Lightning on Sunday. Yeah, like, things like that. That was terrible. Exactly. It's just like you can't be giving up these just easy, easy opportunities. And then Fitzgerald did it again uh, against Tampa as well, right? He was yeah, like, like literally there. like thirty or twenty seconds. I don't yeah, even think right after three it. on one, right? Yeah. And so it's just like that's too easy for Point and Andre Pollard and Kucherov coming out on a three on one. It's like yeah, it's like good over. luck. Yeah. Um. So there was that, and just want to get that off the chest. But going to a little bit more positive. Um. There is some positive that came out of the past week. First off, Olsen has been just on an absolute tear, and this guy is probably going to get to 20 goals this year, which would be an absolute feat considering he went like 20 
to 30 games without scoring a single goal. I mean, he was in the slumps of all slumps. And to see this guy actually turn the corner a little bit and finding that scoring touch a little bit, him back on the power play in his office is like coming back. So he's going to get to 20 goals, I assume, which would be very impressive considering he had such a bad slump. And then Skinner got to 30 goals as well. So Thompson and Skinner, both the 30 goals this year. First time Sabres had two 30-goal scorers since what, – what was that? Maybe the – I think it was maybe 2010, 2011-ish when Palmaville and someone else did it. I saw the stat on, uh, on the timeline this past week. Was it Palmaville and Vanek? I don't know. It could be any of those guys. But anyway, it's the first time two 30-goal scorers on the team in a, in a long time. You know, long, long time. So shout-out to those two guys. Um, and, and Thompson, I mean, he kept it going too. I think he's got 32 on the Yo, also another thing, Oposo's on 20 goal watch. I think he's at 18 right now. I think, didn't he make it to 20? Is he already at 20? I could be wrong. That's oh. pretty crazy. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he, he's up there as well. No, you're, you're absolutely right. He's at 18. He's at 18. Yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah. So, I mean, you could have, you're going to have two, three goal scorers and Skinner and Thompson. You got Oposo and Olsen who, you know, probably hopefully both get to 20 as well. Um, it's a kind of a drop off from there. You go to Cousins at 13, but uh, I mean, I mean, oh, and actually another shout out quick. This came up a, a couple of weeks ago, but Zemgus Gergensen's for the amount of times he's missed, he has 10 goals. He, he's missed like so much time and he has 10 goals. I mean, that's pretty good for a fourth line grinder. Um, so just a little bit of a boost to some of the guys on, on the team that, you know, get into some marks and it's just great to see Skinner bounce back after a couple of rough years. So wanted to give them a shout out. Um, Dude, no, it's no, it's, outstanding that I'm looking at here. Sorry, I, I don't want to detract. You look at plus minus and, and Darlene is leading the pack at minus 22, but I mean, he's, he's easily like, he's on the ice the most. So I'm not going to like harp on that. <laughs> not a big plus minus guy, by the but, way. <laughs> but the thing is Casey Fitzgerald is a minus 19 in 29 games. Like that's yeah. bad. That's not great. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely a stat that I had this argument with dad the other night, but it is, it's definitely more. You got to take it with for, a grain of salt. You got to take it with a grain of salt and it's more relevant for defensemen, I think. Yeah. In case if it's Gerald's a defenseman. Yeah. So he's, he's minus 19. So to put it in perspective, Masters Bonlean's a minus 22 in 72 games played. Casey Fitzgerald is a minus 19 in 29 games. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When your team's bad, everyone's going to be minus on the team, most likely. So that's. Yeah, but I mean, the Sabres haven't been that bad over the last. Casey Fitzgerald hasn't been playing. Like, he's played 29 games. Yeah. No, I'm, it's not good. I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with you. <laughs> that's bad. Um, yeah. So you're looking for Fitzgerald not to be on the team next year. I take it from this episode. <laughs> I think if he's slotting into your lineup every day, you're going to have a problem. <laughs> he's like a guy that, like, if someone, like, gets hurt or, like, scratch, maybe switch it up. He's yeah, like, he's a call, call up and a pinch guy. Yeah, all right. I like that. Uh, but anyway, anything else on the Sabres or the Bills or before we move on? No, I think I think we do guess the Buffalo sports figure. All right. I got one in mind if you want to go. Do you have one in mind? Or uh, which, 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 uh, slice it, dice it? Let me, uh, let me think of somebody really quick here. Get your stop watch ready, and I'll guess first. Okay. Mine should be pretty easy. It should be pretty easy? I think so, yeah. Yeah, def- definitely. For sure. Okay. Okay. Um, 45 seconds on the clock. Are you ready to roll? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Ready, set, go. Okay, Bills. No. Sabres. Yes. Head coach. No. Uh, player. Yes. Goalie, no. defenseman, defenseman, uh, playing right now. Yes, 
on the team. He's on the team right now. Yes. Uh, Yoki Haru, Darlene, nope. Miller, Pissick, no. Fitzgerald, no. Bryson, nope. uh, Owen Power. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Had to give the shout out to Powers, <laughs> get him in the mix there. That's why I said it should be pretty easy. Um, there you go. Back on the board. I think you, you, you missed last week, but all right, you got one for me. Yeah. Let me get my uh, stopwatch here. I was getting nervous during these cause I kind of like blank on like players and like guys during, during these, but you know, we'll go with it. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Three, two, one, go. Bills. Yes. Player. Yep. Uh, offense. Yep. Playing right now. No. Uh, with on the bills with the last 10 years. Yeah. Uh, quarterback. No. Wide receiver. No. Running back. Yep. Uh, CJ Spiller. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> Dude, that's what a two, guess. That's two what in a guess. row that I've gotten off rip on the first guess. He's, so he's played with the Bills. Uh, to be honest, when I said played on the Bills within the last 10 years and then guessed him, I, don't, I didn't know if he played on the Bills within the last 10 years or not. Yeah, he was on the team uh, 2010 to 2014. Okay, there it is. Uh, CJ Spiller. Um, I was going to go next. If, if that was not CJ Spiller, I was going to go uh, like – like jer- the jersey number out. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking about doing jersey number two, but once you said defenseman on the team now, if I wasn't able yeah, to Yeah, you can that. just rattle everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, well, if there's nothing else to talk about here, I think that wraps everything up. Thank you guys for tuning in, listening in. Go Bills, go Sabres as always, and we will talk to you next week. Are you recording? Peace. Yeah, I watched a movie scene, got deja vu, cause the antagonist looked just like you. It's such a pretty thing, but I see right through. You got a dark side, well I got a dark side too. Hey, I don't trust the soul, not even dead ones. All it took was leaving me on red ones. You still try to call me when you get drunk. Cause out of all your exes, I'm the best one. Don't care. I want you to know that you can't come back. I want you to know that fake love don't last. So go ahead and pose like that. And pose like that. I, I wanna, I, I, I want you to know that you can't come back. I want you to know that fake love don't last. So go ahead and pose like that. And pose like that. I, I wanna, I, I. She said she didn't wanna. Go too fast